The N-OLED display in the Cadillac Escalade has 38 total diagonal inches of color display. So why do we give it a curve too? I guess you could say we like to bend the rules. The 2021 Cadillac Escalade. Never stop arriving. The N-OLED display in the Cadillac Escalade has 38 total diagonal inches of color display. So why do we give it a curve too? I guess you could say we like to bend the rules. The 2021 Cadillac Escalade. Never stop arriving. Thanks for listening to Uncle Sam's Soccer Podcast, keeping you up to date with the latest in American soccer. And don't forget to subscribe. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this edition of Uncle Sam's Soccer Podcast. I'm back. Yes, I know you've missed me. Steven Jodderand, and as usual, it's Armand Kafai. Armand, it's another normal show. It's been a couple weeks since you and I have chatted. Missed you a little bit. <laughs> I'm surprised. <laughs> um, no, nah, but I've been well. Um, it's going to be a fun soccer-filled week. And before I jump to anything, I just want to give a huge shout-out to Away Days. I've seen that they're re-upping their, their, their merchandise, and it looks, it looks awesome. I, I love the whole concept of the $25 jersey as a huge uh, kit nerd. I think that's what I call them, hashtag kit nerd. Um, so I love their concept. $25 uh, gets you a pretty damn cool-looking jersey. And if you use promo code Uncle Sam, you get 15% off. So make sure you go visit them. Make sure you order a jersey. Make sure you put in our promo code because You're I'm missing out. One. And I'm going to get one. So yeah, if so I, I get one, you know, I have the kid nerd stamp of approval right there. But I'm <laughs> doing well. I'll have a really soccer-filled week. And uh, I'm actually going to see the Mexico-Croatia friendly. Uh, uh, that's going to be place. super exciting. That's going to be a lot more of an important game than the U.S. men's national team because that's where we're going to be talking about. On this episode, uh, Nicholas Mendola, NBC Sports Soccer. He writes for them. He contributes to them. Interesting guy. He's got some great insight to U.S. soccer. He's going to be joining the show. But, Armand, I'm, I'm going to ask you this. You excited for a U.S. men's national team game against the, the number first, 30 team in the FIFA rankings, which means nothing? For the in- first time in my life, and uh, I'm going to give a shout-out to my friend Natalie because uh, she always gives me crap. She's from she's from Mexico, and we always have a back-and-forth banter uh, between Mexico and U.S. For the first time in my life, I'm excited, more excited for a Mexico national team match. Uh, I love the U.S. men's national team with all my heart. And, I mean, hopefully the young players show off and they do good. It's a really fun game to watch. But it, it's just it's just such a confusing time to be a, a U.S. soccer fan. <laughs> confusing is the right, right word. Anyway, let's just get straight to it. Joining us right now is NBC Sports Soccer contributor Nicholas Mendola. How's it going, Nicholas? It's going really well. Thanks for having me, fellas. Absolutely. And let's just talk about the big news that's going on in U.S. soccer, and that's not with the men's national team and the friendly that they're going to have Tuesday night <laughs> against Paraguay, and that's actually with Zlatan Ibrahimovic coming to 
America. Are you excited? I am. I I have a complicated relationship with MLS, uh, and it's it's difficult for me to write about it because I love the league and I love the idea of the league, and I'm impressed with how far we've grown. But I think oftentimes, um, in our in our uh, for American soccer fans and our desire for it to succeed, we make it a little bigger than it is, and I don't quite think people understand i'm actually literally about to hit publish on this by the time anyone's listening to this they'll be able to read this i don't think people understand how much of a almost automatic success his signing is for the league i mean he is a guy who has scored less than 15 goals exactly one time since 2006 and that is in leagues that are a bit higher right now um, through no fault of MLS's than Major League Soccer. Uh, if his knee holds up, um, I mean, even if it doesn't, we're talking a 10-goal season, which is not that impressive. But if his knee holds up, I mean, this is potential golden boot territory, especially if he doesn't end up going to join Sweden for the World Cup. And, I've been- I mean, depending on how long it takes him to get fit. Absolutely. I've been almost shocked. I mean, I've been seeing some of the reaction on our, our favorite app, Twitter, and uh, some people are like, wow, this is uh, uh, how would he fit with the uh, with Ola Kamara? I mean, that's a question, but I mean, if you have an opportunity to sign Zlatan Ibrahimovic, especially at the salary number that they're uh, going to sign him at, I think that's almost it's almost a steal, especially with the marketing and all that other stuff that you can bring to the team. I mean, how is he going to factor in? I don't know. Whenever he wants to play, he's probably going to score goals. Uh, Didier Drogba showed up at a similar age and scored 11 goals in his first 11 games. Um, That's not a shot at MLS. It's any league he'd want to join. If he went back to the Eredivisie, uh, I don't know. I never say that, right? But he would score that many goals in Holland, in the Netherlands, excuse me. Um, He scored 28 total goals last year. For Manchester United, again, the only question here, and he is a freak of nature as it is, um, the only question is whether or not he's going to be back to being a star or whether his career is cooked. Mm. Um, And that is not in the way we usually talk about older players coming to MLS. It's just, you know, he's coming back from ACL surgery. Or was it MCL? Whatever it was, he's coming back on major, major knee surgery. Um, This is a player who is crafty. This is a player who's creative. Um, how many times we've seen him almost karate trap the ball out of the air and flick it backwards. Uh, I was struggling now and you guys, it's, it's always hard when I'm writing this because I'm thinking, who did I forget? Right. But I mean, you're talking about via David via, you're mm-hmm. talking about Pirlo. Um, how many other players came to MLS as a legitimate, legitimate all timer, world-class player well is this Beckham 2.0 because we've had the likes of Kaka David Villa now David Villa is doing wonders with NYCFC but I felt or I feel like the hype around Zlatan is even is just bigger and is is this comparing it should be I think it's I mean Beckham wasn't a goal scorer I mean he was a goal scorer in in major league soccer but he wasn't an out and out world-class this guy's here to finish balls and so I, again, I don't want to overhype it because he's 36 and he's coming off a knee injury, but I would be stunned if he wasn't 
quite effective, and especially because he's not walking onto a team with the, you know, I love Piotti and I love what, what Drogba had with him in Montreal, but mm-hmm. Zlatan's going to be getting service from when they're healthy, because obviously they have a horrible situation this weekend with injuries. He's going to be getting ser- service from Alessandrini. He's going to be getting um, service from Giovanni Dos Santos. He's going to be having Ola Kamara run off of him. And um, the other thing about Zlatan, guys, is you have to remember, I think he's averaged double-digit assists for the last 10 years, again, mm-hmm. in world-class leagues. So, um, you know, and obviously it's more than just league competition. We're, we're including cups and we're including, uh, you know, the Champions League, et cetera. But this is, um, this is a guy who's very difficult to mark. And I guess I look at it this way. No, sl- no slight to Chris Wondolowski, but he's another big, older, not blazing fast striker who, you know, is religiously scoring a bunch of goals in MLS. Are you telling me that Zlatan can't do that? So um, I guess I would be stunned if he wasn't very effective. I'm excited to see what transpires on March 31st in uh, Grant Wall's uh, SI uh, piece uh, about Zlatan uh, signing. He said that there might be a possibility that he might be in the squad for the uh, Crosstown match against LAFC, which is also going to be on uh, Big Boy Fox. How big do you think that one game might be for MLS if Zlatan is named to the team uh, with the with the, with the circumstances and especially how it's I mean marketed on national TV? Bigger than the um, bigger than we want it to be, and the reason I say that is we. Guys, you guys, me, we want to believe that MLS is a lot further along than it is. Um, and frankly, it is, as I, as I kind of mentioned earlier, it is a lot further along than mm-hmm. many people think. But um, if, if Fox does this right, if the media does this right, if, if the storylines are catered to the way they are, because unfortunately, Zlatan also doesn't carry the name that Beckham had amongst um, amongst random non-soccer fan, right? So Beckham was Beckham and Landon Donovan. Those guys are pulling in fans who, you know, were watching the World Cup. And Zlatan um, has played most of his career outside of, you know, your primarily English-speaking uh, climates, right? He, this last year was his first season in the Premier League. He was playing for Sweden, which doesn't got a, get a lot of airtime. And in fact, tragically, a few years ago, we had the Sweden versus Portugal. Uh, inter uh, uh, the, the UEFA World Cup playoff, uh, in which Ronaldo ended up going to a World Cup, but Zlatan didn't. So, if he were recognized by non-sports fans, if he had that name, it would be a little bigger. But um, you know, when you when you start getting his personality out there and stories out there about his quotes and and uh, a setup of his best goals, it should be just a phenomenally big match. Um, you know, the challenge of course, being, could it compare being on the West coast to that uh, famous Beckham game? I believe it was, it was Henri on the Red Bulls when that famous LA galaxy, uh, I think, I don't he think was. Henry was here yet. I, 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 he? I'm not okay. sure, but I, I'm not sure off the top of my head, but I want to say he was, uh, I think it was, yeah, I, how much, I know Altador was on the Red Bulls at the time. That's that thrilling. Yeah. That, yeah, that game, it's almost impossible. Yeah. I, could it be there except on the West coast? It, it could be at that level. So, um, yeah, it's, again, is this one of those situations like Beckham, like 
Um, yeah, it was Beckham where we were kind of waiting to see would he come off the bench. And it's always weird to tune in for games like that where the prime component may or may not get in for 17 minutes. But, you know, if he's fit and he's, he's ready to go, um, I mean, it could be very, very big. Oh, absolutely. But let's talk about the other interesting game where the U.S. men's national team will be playing Paraguay in North Carolina. What are you making? What are we supposed to make of the squad? Sure. So um, there's a lot. There's a lot of challenges with assessing the squad. Um, and there would have been in general. I mean, if this <laughs> right, mm-hmm. if they called up Michael Bradley and Josie mm-hmm. Altador, we're 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 talking about much different obstacles, but um, still non-traditional assessments because the United States blew it. Right. I mean, this is uh, the, one of the most forgiving qualification confeder- confederations for World Cup, and they didn't get right. the job done. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, should, I should I should also point out at this point, uh, I had to pick up my. Uh, my ten-month-old son. So if you hear any any coos, that's not me. It could be me. I mean, you guys <laughs> might really wow me with with infant-like amazement. But um, <laughs> I just want to point that out more for your leader for your listenership. Um, I'm excited because of guys like Andre Novakovich, who um, is having a remarkable year in the second tier of the Netherlands as a goal scorer. Um, Rubio Rubin, who had a great assist against the Red Bulls in the CONCACAF Champions League, but was kind of lost in the wilderness after being a hot shot at uh, breaking into the senior team at Utrecht. Um, you know, Tim Weah obviously is, is a fascinating name, but when you're looking at the veterans on this team, it's, it's Bill Hamid, who has five caps, and Darlington Nagby, who, um, you know, depending on – I feel like he um, has, a, has a very different reputation in that – um, the, the the people who want MLS to succeed so badly have probably overhyped him a little, and the people who hate MLS have probably under undervalued uh, him. So again, him and then Yedlin. I mean, who's getting the armband? Right? Is it is it Hamid if he starts? Is it DeAndre Yedlin? Um, someone who is what four years removed from college soccer? It's a really fascinating time to follow the men's national team. It's depressing because they won't be at the World Cup, but. Um, in some areas, super soccer nerds like ourselves, uh, I have often referred to the U.S. men's national team as my favorite team, you know, above. Um, and I have to say, I, I cop that from a from a buddy of mine. But um, above club teams, there's kind of nothing like rooting for, you know, the team in the red, white and blue. When I was growing up, I was forced to kind of call my national heritage. Right. And, and we were a big Italy household. Uh, mm-hmm. But that was only because the U.S. wasn't even in World Cups. So this is still a very fun time and a fun team to follow. And, um, you know, Matt Miazga, right? A a guy who went to Chelsea, played a couple of games, and has been playing in the very attack-heavy, attack-friendly league um, in the Eredivisie. I I think it's a very fun, very fun friendly against Miguel Almiron and um, a Paraguay team who we saw in the Copa America just a couple of years ago play the U.S. The funny thing about Darlington Nagby was that on that anonymous MLS uh, players uh, survey, he was listed on the most underrated and most overrated players in MLS. So I mean, I don't think even the players know if uh, he's uh, been overrated or 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 underrated. Um, Nicholas, why do you think that the men's national? Why do you think the U.S. Uh, soccer? Why do you think they chose Kerry 
uh, out of all places. And why uh, that facility? Were they worried that they wouldn't sell out uh, a larger stadium or do they want to cater to uh, a different market? No, I, I think um, I wonder if they first of all, I wonder if they didn't owe it to the market for some reason. Maybe it was just time for that to happen. Um, maybe they thought geographically it was a safe bet to have a game where they wouldn't be torn apart um, because I think there's still a lot of vitriol coming for a lot of these players who haven't. Obviously, their call ups are different. Um, you know, Mike, Michael Bradley's not there to get yelled at. Josie Altidore's not there to get yelled at. <laughs> but, you know, we asked, we asked this on, uh, on Pro Soccer Talk before the MLS season um, in, in the roundtable. Are these guys going to catch some heat this summer? Is it going to, is the, are, is, are the boos going to pick up again when the world cup starts and people are watching um, Panama in there and going, what the hell? How did we not edge out Panama? It's, it's going to be a fascinating time. So I wonder if, if North Carolina didn't have something to do with it. I know attendance was down for the last friendly as well. So um, give it to a market that is, is very much enjoying its soccer and, um, and just kind of hope to minimize the the blowback that continues to to come towards the the red, white, and blue. Nicholas, it's, I mean, what are we going to learn from a match like this? We're four years away from the potential that the U.S. could qualify for another World Cup. You got the World Cup this upcoming summer where the U.S. isn't going to partake, but some of these players are, you know, 19, 20 years old. They're, they're going to be a completely different player in four years. It's it seems to be very right. hard, in my opinion, to judge anything off of this match. I, you know, it it is. Um, I think it would be wrong to. It's. Let me put it this way. You know, we usually talk about a feast or famine, right? Mm-hmm. I think this is mostly for the feasters. <laughs> um, <laughs> we are here to watch who succeeds, and if they succeed, it's a little bit like Weston McKinney having such success in his first cap. It's like, wow, he's already there. So with the young guys we're judging, are these guys already there? Should they already be in the discussion the next time we really care about a match? Um, whether that's probably going to be Copa America 2019 um, you know, or the Gold Cup. I, I don't remember exactly when the Nations League start, but I don't think it's until after that in the fall. Um, so, I mean, that's that's the kind of question we're asking. I don't think you can judge you know, if, if, if Tim Weah has a bunch of bad touches. Are we saying that he'll never make it no of course not um even if uh who's a who's an older player there if eric lehigh doesn't have a great one yeah then you're still not going to tell him this is we're going to judge your career on it but somebody scores a hat trick (laughs) yeah then we're going to remember that um there are players who have made their names in this way and jordan morris is very much one of them in fact you can make your name forever morris had a really disappointing year last year with Seattle and yet we're mm-hmm. acting like their season died because he can't play. It's one of the stories mm-hmm. that I storylines that I thought was fascinating was he didn't have a great year last year and everyone's like, Oh, is Seattle season's cooked because he can't play. I'm like, actually, no, I think Will Bruin had <laughs> as effective a season for him. Now, you know, you want Morris on your team more than Bruin for the future, but the point being you can make your name and live off it for a while in games like this. Nicholas, was there any player that you saw called up that you were surprised that uh, Dave Sarakin decided to bring him to the squad? You know what? I think I, I think there are a number of players who you would have been surprised by had it not for the fact that there were 10 of them you could have been surprised by. 
And so, so that's the challenge for me. I would have been surprised to see Novakovic get a call up or, or even Rubio Rubin get a call up, but because a lot of these guys were, you know, Carter Vickers, um, and I also think the U.S. is reeling a little bit, not just from the World Cup, uh, but reeling because of losing Gonzalez uh, of Monterey to Mexico. They're now realizing they did a they overvalued their position. I mean, everyone in U.S. soccer overvalued their position. We're always going to make the World Cup. We're a bigger club than you know. We're a bigger side than we expected. We're always uh, you know we're ahead of the trend. We're ahead of the curve. Well, all of a sudden you're not going to a World Cup, and you're realizing, wow. Uh, those guys that Klinsman and and Bob Bradley convinced to play for the U.S. over other countries, your Jermaine Jones, although I don't think he was going to be getting calls from Germany, but your Jermaine Joneses, your Julian Greens, et cetera, that's not a given anymore because, you know, Jonathan Gonzalez is thinking to himself, hey, I might have a better chance to go to the Confederations Cup and a World Cup by aligning myself with Mexico than I do aligning myself with the U.S., and so that's why I guess none of this should be a surprise because it's showing they learned some sort of lesson. You know, Cameron Carter Vickers could still represent England. Um, there are a couple other guys off the top. Obviously, Tim Way, I could still represent Liberia or I think France. I can't quite remember if, if that's an option for him. Maybe you guys can correct me. Uh, and that's just the tip of the iceberg. A number of these players in the player pool, um, you know, have the option to say, I'll go somewhere else. Nicholas, it, this is a young squad. I think the average age is 22, 23. Is this, you think this is, this got to be the trend going forward up until, I guess, the next real big competitive game that we're just going to see a bunch of young guys come in and, I guess, get cap tied or just put on the colors to, to create some sort of hype for the media and the fans? Yeah. Well, you know, they can't cap tie for some time now, which is kind of sad. Um, right. One of the, 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 the problems with failing. <laughs> but, yeah. I, I, I think it's the trend if there's success, right? So if, if Tyler Adams who, is who we think he is and Weston McKinney is who we think he is and another center midfielder you know, hits that spot as well, well, um, might there be a player who then gets uh, – who doesn't get called up again? I'm not saying that's Michael Bradley, but let's put it this way. Um, uh, a guy like Clint Dempsey right now, if you were trying to win a tournament, is still needed. Um, if uh, Bobby Wood, Josie Altador um, are, are now being complimented by Novakovic and Rubio Rubin and Agadello starts scoring, I don't know, I'm just naming the, the most recent forwards called up, well, mm-hmm. then is Dempsey, is Dempsey left at home, um, right? So I, I think there's a lot to be said there. Jeff Cameron, I think, is one of the more underrated U.S. players of all time. He's certainly, maybe perhaps, of the modern era, the most underrated American club player, uh, you know, within the last decade, if at 34, I believe he is 33, 34, if, if he's unavailable to go, um, or, or if you're choosing between him and, and now Matt Miazga has done great in your colors and Cameron Carter Vickers has done great in your colors. And, um, you know, it just, does he then slide down, um, slide down the, the pecking order. I, I do think it's going to be fascinating to watch. Obviously, the age is, like you guys said, the age is going to jump up at some point. But will mm-hmm. it not jump up momentously because these young kids seize their chance? Um, I think it's possible. Last question, Nicholas, and this question is sponsored by Away Days Football 
and use promo code Uncle Sam for 15% off your purchase. We saw the U.S. jerseys for 2018 leaked. What are your thoughts on them? Um, I'm usually not terribly bothered by jerseys, to be honest with you. And I, it doesn't surprise me because there's a real, I'm a, I'm a, believe it or not, I'm a, I'm a hockey guy at heart. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> I, and I think the two, I think the two sports are very similar. Um, and you look at the jerseys that, that, uh, that Nike put out at the Olympics this year for hockey. And there's uh, some similarities between the, the U S shirt. Uh, I think we're headed for, uh, you can only say clean so many times when you discuss Jersey unveils. And the United States, this one is not necessarily clean. And I wonder if we're headed back to those early 90s dates for a little bit more abstract. Um, I don't have a problem with it. I usually have to see it on the field to really know how much I feel about it. Remember when the, the bib ones from, that would have been 06, right? Um, were were mm-hmm. such a big deal. Were such a big deal. And mm-hmm. if you didn't buy it with a number in it, it looked kind of silly. Yeah. Um, not for me. I, I didn't care. But <laughs> I, I do think we'll we'll know more when we see him on the on the men and the women. Well, Nicholas, we really appreciate it. It is our shameless plug. So go ahead and plug where we can find your writing, where we can find your commentary, or anything you want. Sure. So yeah, yeah. Find uh, find me at uh, NBC Sports Soccer. Um, on Twitter as well as Pro Soccer Talk on Twitter and I always like to plug um, I do uh, co-own a national premier soccer league team over in what we call the fourth tier of American football or American soccer excuse me and uh, the team is called FC Buffalo and um, you know even if you just buy uh, or or you stop by the site and up our hits or you follow us on Twitter or you (laughs) Um, you know, drop 20 bucks on a scarf that I can zip in the mail to you from my basement. I mean, our giant corporate headquarters, uh, <laughs> that, that would be, that would be really cool because we sure hope that one day, uh, you know, podcasts like yourself are talking about our team for, uh, for reasons other than, uh, the guest was allowed to shamelessly plug it. Oh. I'm have to buy a Jersey to be honest. <laughs> well, listen, God bless you. <laughs> <laughs> it's America, right? Anyway, Nicholas, we appreciate it. We'll hope to have you back on to talk some more uh, Ibrahimovic and this U.S. men's national team and the direction we're going in the next several months. Yeah, whatever you want. I'd be thrilled. Awesome. Thank you, Nicholas. Thank you, guys. Well, that was Nick Mendola. You can follow him on Twitter. Real interesting, real interesting guy. Yeah, I, um, his his takes. I mean, I really I really like them, and um, yeah, I'm excited for both of the new u- news that popped up within U.S. soccer, including Zlatan. And actually, I'm not sure if I'm that excited with the national team. I, I take that back. More more about the Zlatan to the national team. I think I'll everybody's like that. I mean. I, I, I would like to know the TV ratings on Tuesday night. I will not be watching that game. I'll be en route to, to uh, Croatia and Mexico. So don't crucify me, listeners. Um, it, it, it'll, be, it'll be a fun game uh, down in Arlington. But, I mean, I don't know, Stephen, because it's a bunch of uh, younger players, which to, I think the U.S. hardcore player or fan and a uh, person who follows them in depth, you're going to be interested to see how they do. But to someone who just casually watches U.S. soccer, you're not going to care. Oh, hell no. It doesn't no. matter. 
I mean, it, it does, uh, this it game matter. means nothing. You can't. I mean, the cap tie. It's not even a, a, official. You have to play a competitive game to be cap tied. But you do cap players in the sense, okay, this is the men's national team. Welcome. You know what I'm saying? You you put it, yeah. you plant the seed. That That's good. But at, at the end of the day, we have an interim head coach, Dave Sarakin, with, with a GM position that was that's created fake. that is really fake. The GM position was to... A position created to pander towards fans because the fans were so angry at U.S. soccer for electing Carlos Cuadero as the new president of U.S. soccer. So it's it's a gimmick to begin with. And we're playing a, a friendly before the 2018 World Cup where the U.S. didn't qualify. These players you don't know. You just don't know. Some of these players could be freaking awesome. Some of these players could absolutely be another Freddie Adu. I'm sorry. You just don't know. You can't. You are not able to judge the men's national team and these players on one game. And I, it all borderlines question. I question why you even have this if you're not going to play anything competitively over the summer. Meanwhile, if you're Mexico or Croatia, absolutely, this is you need a friendly. You need to know where your squad is at. You need to know who has good team chemistry. You want to see if there's a young guy who, who may you know push the older player. But for the U.S. men's national team, I'm sorry, I just don't see a meaning in this game. My initial thought throughout what you just said was, when was the last time we've mentioned Carlos Cordero on this show? When's the last time you've almost seen him mentioned on Twitter? I know this is about the U.S. men's national team. Oh, that's team coming and, back. And and, and all, all that stuff. But we haven't heard his name mentioned that much until the news that the technical director is like – or the – excuse me, the GM position is basically um, a sham as was reported on I think it was SI. Man, for some people that were truly invested in the election, I know me and you were. We're checking it religiously almost. Well, we had a live show that went well. Yeah. We, it, 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 it was <laughs> – we went religiously. We went religiously. Now you, you don't you don't hear much about it, and it's got, it's kind of calmed it's kind of calmed down. I mean, it's what you I'm, I'm assuming it's what USSF wants. Now we have a little friendly to you know show off uh, the uh, the young guns in front of a nice ten thousand seater. I think it's at WakeMed in Cary, uh, North Carolina, and everything is good in the world. We'll be back in the World Cup in 2022 when there are some serious fundamental and systematic flaws within U.S. soccer that have been almost completely ignored and we're, we're almost we're almost for, forgetting about forgetting about them right now and you make a, you make a really interesting point I think Carlos Cuadero and the U.S. soccer election I think that's going to be the fire is going to be rekindled because of this friendly people are going to I think the thoughts are going to come back they're going to realize wait a minute this game's meaningless. Why am I watching this? Oh, wait, we didn't qualify for the World Cup. Oh, Carlos Cuadero's the new f- freaking president of the Federation. Oh, the GM position's a, a scam. We we have an interim head coach. We don't even know if this is going to be the head coach. What if he tells a player, you know, one of these young players that could flip to another country, yeah, we're, giving, we're probably going to give you a spot. If you continue the trend that you have with your current you can't, club. You can't tell these guys anything. To be like plain and simple, you can't just be like, "Hey, we'll make you a spot." The guy's gonna be like, "What the hell do you know? You're not even the main coach. You 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 really can't." And that's the thing: the, the missing the World Cup it sucks by itself. It sucks, 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 sucks. But what it sucks is 
you can't tell these guys, yeah, like we're looking to add you into the world, uh, into World Cup squad in the future. You don't know what's going to happen within the next few years. You're stuck in this period of uncertainty. We don't have a national team, an official national team head coach. Dave Sarakin is not the first guy you want as your head coach <laughs> at a national team. I'm sorry, it's the truth. There's been rumors of Juan Carlos Osorio. There's been rumors of other coaches. You're going to wait till after the World Cup to see what vacancies are available from federations who are mad that their coach didn't take him to the World Cup final, so they're going to fire him. And you're going to, the USA might have a chance to pick them up. And it might be a better fit for the US than they were for that for a national team. What We can't guarantee anyone anything. So that's what's going to happen. If You might lose potential dual nationals. We might see more Jonathan Gonzalez's. We might see... You just it's we're in a period of uncertainty right now, Stephen. I don't like that's the only way I can describe it. Where it's it's uncertain. I mean, you don't have an official head coach, you have a brand new president that should be getting a GM, but we all know that's kind of like a fake GM. And you have players coming in that you, you don't know who's gonna be a part of the team within the next four years. You don't know what's gonna happen. If I could predict the future and tell you guys the US will win the World Cup, well I would tell you guys that, but I can't. So it's just a period of uncertainty. You can't tell those guys anything and here we are, getting those feelings of, wow, we missed the World Cup again. <laughs> and I just love to reemphasize this point because uh, I always do. In a region like CONCACAF, USA should have no excuse for not coming out of that region. So that's where we are, Stephen. I don't know where we are. I really don't. We don't even have a real coach. Again, the conversation is not about – the 23 that got selected, it's not about what we're going to see on the pitch. It's about the, the circus that is of U.S. soccer. It still is a circus. I wish we could talk about the game because I'd love to talk about the game and talk about uh, 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 Andrea Novakovic. And, uh, oh, I'd love to talk about is I, Kellen Costa's position with the U.S. men's national team at stake. Or, Will Darlington or like Weston, Nagby... Or like a Weston McKinney. Or is, it, is Darlington Nagby even good enough to make that... To, to, to be on the national team anymore. Um, what about uh, Bobby Wood? What what the hell is his situation up? Where is he going to end up uh, soon? I mean, there's so many there's so many uh, there's so many questions, but there's still one overlying problem, and that's what the hell is going on with U- USSF? I mean, okay, we have president, we have this, we have that. Everyone was cool with it. All all the promotion uh, relegation uh, guys are really. Uh, active on Twitter, you know, like the Martinos and the Bonalas, they've kind of pulled back, and it's been actually some of the pro world guys are kind of upset. They're like, hey, like, you guys are fighting for our cause. Now what? Now you're just going to leave? Like, what's up with that? Like, you can't do that. You got to stay. I mean, you, you see, it's all, all, it's, all, it's all about it's all about that politics and stuff like that. I wish we could talk more about the game and whatnot, but to be honest with you, it's just not, inter- it's not, not entertaining. It's not the main focus. The main focus is, wow, we still missed the World Cup. This will be the focus until after the World Cup passes. We missed the World Cup. We missed the World Cup because of a draw to Trinidad – or I'm sorry, a loss to Trinidad and Tobago. Not even a draw. We need when a you draw. Needed, all you needed was a freaking draw. And, and that, should be the, that should be the emphasis. And I think – and, and, and you don't understand – it was what twenty seven scenarios could have played out that night, and there was one that was going to leave the U.S. way. It might have been twenty nine. I don't remember. It was somewhere in the twenties. The one scenario that the USA were not going to make it to the World Cup happened, but it was in USS. It was in U.S. It was in our control to dictate the outcome, and we failed. 
But again, we continue on this trend for the last several months of who honestly I don't think there is much outrage over what players have been called up and what who have I haven't. think they're fine. I think they're I think they're fine. No, the but not even that. We we continue to talk about the politics behind US soccer. And that stems into MLS. That stems into the lower divisions. That stems everywhere. We're not talking yeah, you can go to MLSsoccer.com. You can come to our show and we can give you that game day stuff. But we, I hate to Pro say it. ProSoccerUSA.com. Sorry, I have to plug. Yeah, go go read our Martin stuff. But majority of the conversation among U.S. soccer fans continues, or uh, among the, the media at least, who we talk to on a regular basis, continues to be about the circus that is behind uh, the game. That's, that is where the meat of this conversation is and until we can change that until we're talking about okay well these three players should be off the and we and, and it's absolutely an outrage of who gets selected or not but until then it's going to continue this trend anyway armand plug away your twitter for us where we can find your lovely writing about fc dallas yeah yeah before i plug away that make sure guys to go on awaydaysfootball.com make sure you order their stuff, their mystery jerseys are really cool. They just re-upped and actually got some really cool stuff from from Peru to Russia. So I mean, hey, that's a that's a big range of countries. So uh, remember, use un- uh, promo code Uncle Sam for fifteen percent off. Um, we, uh, Jake got a really cool jersey. I think there's been uh, a few others that got a really cool jerseys. I mean, I think it's a really cool concept. I'm actually about to order one uh, myself in the future once I get uh, some money. But uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Kafai. I um, I have taken off with my uh, Pro Soccer USA FC Dallas coverage. I usually post articles uh, on game days, uh, Monday or Sunday or Monday or Tuesday of the week, and also Friday uh, of the week. So go ahead and uh, go read that. And yeah, Stephen, go plug away your stuff too. Man. Yeah, follow me at Stephen Jodderan. Follow the show at Unc Sam Soccer Pod. Big shout out to our assistant producer Jake Watroba. We got an awesome episode next week. Hoping to bring on some interesting names to the show so check that out if you had not listened to last week's episode highly recommend it armand and jake had a wonderful conversation with some mls gurus about mlsu so check it out until next time listeners my local coffee shop is my penn state world campus classroom giving me the full Penn State experience online. It's home to thousands of students working together with faculty to advance our careers, change our careers, or finally earn our degree. My classroom is just like every Penn State classroom because it's getting me to where I want to be. Click on the ad or visit worldcampus.psu.edu to learn more. The N-OLED display in the Cadillac Escalade has 38 total diagonal inches of color display. So why do we give it a curve too? I guess you could say we like to bend the rules. The 2021 Cadillac Escalade. Never stop arriving.